Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Buenos dias, Mrs. Nori. How are you this morning? I am good. How are you? <laughs> you know what's funny is in that intro you say our society is driven by instant gratification. Mm. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. But what's funny is that, guys, what we want, we're talking about rewards a little bit too. And we want to be consistent. And as we get ready, by the time you hear this, we'll be back. But we're going on a 12-hour road trip today. It's early in the morning. We're on halfway through our first cup of coffee. <laughs> uh, Don't know how sharp this the, is. The mic stand is broken, so I'm holding it in my hands. The kids could wake up any minute. Yeah. Uh, there's so be just, prepared, you guys. Yeah, there's be a lot prepared. of things, we're, but we, we want to be consistent. So we're, we told ourselves we're going to wake up early and do this podcast um, so we could have it to you. So the question then became, Angelique. David. We asked ourselves, what is this particular episode about? Mm-hmm. In the in the early mornings, while we were still rubbing our eyes and getting the little eye boogers out of our eyes and yawning, what what is this show about? Because we were doing our notes, we were reading our our Bible, and we asked, "Well, is it about rewards? Mm, yeah. Is it about discipline? Yeah. Sure. Uh, is it about ignorance, laziness, punishment? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, yes, yes. Is it about uh, going through tough times like we are now? Yes. Is it about perseverance? Yes. Goals. Yes. Faith. Yes. Hope. It's about yes. all those things. But more importantly, if we had to put a pin in it, you know how we like so let's, <laughs> let's just label this thing or put a pin in it or, or we're gonna have to give it a title later on. I'd say it's really about clarity and keeping your eyes on the target. My favorite subject. I know. I know you like that. So if you hear papers it. rustling, we have notes. It's good to have notes. I am the queen of clarity. Yeah. And when I'm not clear, including in my visual clutter. Of my home, everyone knows. <laughs> right. Well, what's interesting, and, and how I started this off this morning, is sometimes I just take my my Bible, and I have a John C. Maxwell Leadership Bible, and I take it, and I just, sometimes I close my eyes and open to a page, and I see where it lands. And I open that page this morning, and the first line that hit me is, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, mm-hmm. to the one who seeks Him, mm. okay? And that is from what... Lamentations. Yeah, and what do you know about Lamentations, Ange? Not a lot. Right. It comes right after. Uh, it comes right after Jeremiah. And I, mean, I know it's Old Testament. Right. Right. And and here's here's where, it, here's where. It, gosh, it's so powerful because we always think, how does that Old Testament rely uh, or relate to what we're going through right now? And the fact of the matter is, perfectly. It always does. It always does. You know, in in Jeremiah, the whole book was basically about this prophet saying, "Hey guys, hey, psst, by the way, hey." Uh, I'm just going to tell you, it's not looking good. Like, we're not on a good path here. Mm. Uh, you guys are worshiping false idols. 
you're you're ignoring God, you're doing some really bad things, and I'm just here to tell you that if you do that, uh, it's not going to be good, <laughs> you know? Like, you don't get rewarded for bad things. And what do the people say? Yeah, you know what, Jeremiah, we're really good, though. We're comfortable. Mm-hmm. We're having sex, we're making money, uh, we're doing whatever we want, we're worshiping these crazy idols because they're cool. And Jeremiah kept saying, yeah, guys, I'm begging God. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a problem. So sometimes, you know, John C. Maxwell has a fantastic way of relating the Bible to what we're going through in these days, especially leadership. Now, for some of the, the you know, for some people, they might have a problem with that, do you think? You know? Um. Well, here's the thing. We won't we never elevate what John Maxwell has over the Bible ever. Thank you. And here's here's the other thing. I do prefer um and when I say prefer, it's 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 still a struggle, but the King James version because of the the word order is yeah. really important. So we study from the King James like our studies yeah. come from the King James because there's syntax which has word order which the New International Version or New Living Translation or the message will not have. So if you want more proof in the prophecy of of Jesus and want more proof in yeah. the sovereignty of God, you got to go to King James because the word order is like, it'll blow your mind when you start digging. Obviously, you need a shepherd right. to take you through that. And, and I think these days we all know that we're there's a lot of judgment in, in the church. And, yeah. and so I say that, you know, I don't really care what people think. Um, I say that because... When I talk about John C. Maxwell and this leadership Bible, it's really it's really good to be able to take the lessons of the Bible and apply them to our business. I mean, and you know, we started off with the book "Lead Like Jesus." Yeah, and Jesus CEO. Th- oh, that's the one, Jesus CEO. Wait, which by, one? Recently? By Beth Jones. Oh, yeah, Jesus CEO. Yes, and now, yes. and now we just got a bunch of them. So let me let me go back here. I'm I'm going to tell you here. What I like about John C. Maxwell is he gives the introductions, and when he talks about lamentations here in this book, he says, talking about Jeremiah, he said this was a time of of sorrow because Babylon, uh, the people of Judah or Israel, had been you know invaded by the Babylonians, and Jeremy was called Jeremiah. Jeremy, it's early guys. (laughs) Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet, and because he had a cry for the people. And basically, he says, good leaders, this is John C. Maxwell, good leaders are more than entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs can't act alone, but leaders cannot. Entrepreneurs can act alone, but leaders cannot. By Mm -hmm. definition, they have followers whom they want to take with them. Jeremiah knew what was best for the people, but he did not force them to cooperate. He pleaded he pleaded with them to obey God and to to repent and turn the other way and do what's right. But again, sometimes Mm -hmm. people don't listen. So when we take this look at Lamentations, it's kind of a book of sorrow, but there's always hope in God's Word. There's always, people want to say that, you know, oh, God did this. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this in my notes. We always ask, how could God let this happen? <sighs> you know, right now, a lot of us are looking at the world. We yeah. watch the news every day. And we're like, how could God let this happen? Yeah, sifting. Well, it's always a blame game. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't think once Bab- the Babylonians came and took over Judah that, these people that have been listening to Jeremiah tell them to correct themselves or saying, how could God let this happen? I mean, look, God is sovereign. I mean, he can do whatever he wants, but at the same time, 
just ever since the garden, it comes down to sin nature. It comes down to our flesh. It comes down to choices we make um, because he's not a micromanager and we have human free will. Hello. So human free will will always be your ultimate downfall if you choose a path that is to separate yourself from the word of God. So when we read, we put the, you know, we get in the word. Well, that's when the word gets inside of you. And it's really important that that relationship continues to be sewn into because eventually you start becoming more convicted of, you know, your choices of your free will of the things that you, you know, elevate above his word subconsciously or consciously. Good point. That's well said, Ange. You know, and, and you said you said a couple of things there, and what we're going to look at is the, we're going to look at this from a macro point of view right now. I, I just talked about the news, and we're going to take it from a macro to a micro. When we blame God, it's easy to blame him for the macro things. Look mm-hmm. at the war. Look at how our president is acting. Look at how our school board is doing, right? But then we take it down to a micro, and, oh, why, am, why is my body like this? Why am I injured? Why is my marriage falling apart? Why aren't my kids listening? Why don't I have a better car or a house? Why am I behind on my bills? How could God let this happen to me? Yeah, It's very me-centered. Yeah. And, I, and we're guilty of that, aren't we? Sure. Yeah, we're human beings, okay? So it's always easy to blame because we as humans often have a very hard time taking ownership of what we'd have allowed. Radical ownership. Right. I mean, ownership is one thing, but ra- like radical responsibility, accountability, and ownership or something is, w- listen, my friends, that will change your life. Right. And that's it why, will change your life. That's why, uh, gosh, this is, I don't want to be judgmental, but we've been there. So that's why if you're going to a church which takes that away from you and is kind of a yeah. kumbaya um, and they, it does allow you to blame God for things, they're not teaching biblical truths. It's always easy to blame God because we as humans often have a very hard time taking ownership of what we've allowed. Where? In our body, what we've allowed into our homes, what we've allowed into our heads, what we've allowed into our spirit. Mm -hmm. And in Jeremiah, again, we were warned that people didn't listen. So perhaps that's what we start with here, Angelique. We talk about our ears. Let's let's allow things to come into our ears and then use common sense. Because when we what would we allow to come into our bodies? Well, fast food, processed food. I'm on, I'm on a I'm on a 90 day gut reset right now. Yeah, because I allowed God didn't. He didn't do this to me. He didn't get me in this bad shape. He didn't. He didn't make me gain weight. He didn't make me lazy. Uh, I allowed bad processed foods to get into my body. What do we allow sometimes into our homes? When we look at our kids, like where did our kids learn that? Yeah. Why are they saying that? How come our kids are doing this? <laughs> what have we allowed? Yeah, Disney Channel. <laughs> what have we allowed into our homes because we got lazy in our heads when people are lose their um, their motivation and their will to succeed and and do the hard things? What are we allowed into our heads? Well, blame. Mm-hmm. This is my boss's fault. This is my teammate's fault. You know, I I need to say something here because as you talk talked about the body part. Um, and it just immediately gave me like the metaphor for how this all relates to 
you know, your mind and your spirit and, in you know, family. Um, I always think about like how obsessive we can be, you know, right now you have to be for 90 days, you're going through, you know, this gut reset and I'm doing it with you. And, um, there's a, there's a strict nature to it, right? Um, where you have to be really, really, really diligent about what it is that you're putting in and out of your you body. Know how, you know how diligent I was last night? Um, you know, our kids don't finish their pizza crust. I know. And I walk by it and I, and I, I looked at it and that's my, that's my Achilles heel. Well, here, here's the thing, like <laughs> pizza here, crust. here's what we need to remember is that again, there's, we, we don't, we don't do a really good job um, of finding that autonomous zone that the Lord lives in. And what happens is, is we either over spiritualize things or we don't, we discount it altogether. And when we over spiritualize, it's always like, well, that, Satan made me do it. It was the devil. Yes. It's spiritual warfare. It's da 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 da. Yes. And oh, especially all, now. It's very heavy right now. Yeah. And listen, that's all true. But at the same time, we all, the other side of it is, is like we, we find ourselves white knuckling in so much control to, well, I can't eat that and I can't eat this and I can't do this and da da da. And then all of a sudden I'm like, so is God's sovereignty not above a gluten part, like particle? Like we've got to be able to realize that our bodies have an innate ability to heal. So what, how about do both? You know, how about find ourselves somewhere in the middle where we are radically responsible for our actions and at the same time realize there is a supernatural component to it that we need to have access to, that we can have authority in and we can start having, you know, a better uh, outlook as to where we're headed. But when we go too far on the other side of each scale, that's when we mess up. Because we always like, well, Jesus took that on the cross. And so then all it becomes over spiritualized. I'm like, yes, he did. But at the same time, we have to be responsible yeah. for our children. We have to be responsible for what goes into their eyeballs every day because that's where the thief comes in. He's not coming in through your front door. He's coming in through the cracks in your house that you leave open that give you that gives them legal access to your life. And then we start making these choices where he continues to get the key. So but it's part of it's part of what you do. You can't just over spiritualize it every single time and you certainly can't under spiritualize it and try to white knuckle the process. I'm gonna put a button on here with like one of those sound bites that says hallelujah right when i hear 14 stuff minutes like that. and 32 Amen. seconds hallelujah <laughs> um you know what's funny yeah as if as if we talk about our body as if i am fearfully and wonderfully made and i can do yeah. all these things except say no to pizza crust except say no to a <laughs> glass of red wine god did all these things in you david but he did not give you the power to say no to pizza crust. Right. Come on. Or he didn't give you the power to eat pizza crust and at your body be able to digest Come it. Come on, bro. What happens is we have, you have to look at what's been done consistently over time to get you to the point that you're at. Yeah. And whether it's from an outside, like, you know, it could have been an outside thing, but part of it was your choice. Well, I, you think, know? I think that's why, and we're going to take the secular and, and mix it with the biblical here. I think that's why lately on our team calls, and in our lives, we've been talking about that book by Tim Grover. Relentless. Yeah, because he talks... There's language, we warn you. There's language. Well, what, what he talks about, he talks about doing a basketball practice and some guy passing out or throwing up, and he's like, okay, here's the towel. He throws it at him, and he says... Wipe it up. Wipe your throw up, and when you're done having a pity party for yourself, get back into this, you know, get yeah. back into the drill here, and let's keep going. Yeah, that's harsh. I mean, sometimes, you know, 
But we, sometimes we need we that. We need radical obedience to our bodies, we radical do. obedience to our business. I mean, I don't think that the Lord would handle us that way, but he might sometimes. I know. He we, might. We're mixing a lot. So we if are. I go back, let's go back to the macro, and let's go back just for a second. Stay with me here. Let's go back to Lamentations, and let's go back to Jeremiah, and let's go back to the prophet. And John C. Maxwell says, as Jeremiah trudged through this ruined city of Judah, Jerusalem, he smelled destruction everywhere. He knew that the invading Babylonians devastated Jerusalem because why? The people of Judah had forsaken their God. Hey, it's not hard to see right now. Look around. United States. Knock, knock, knock. Where's my knock button? Knock, knock, knock. Hey, you have forsaken God. False idols. You're taking creation itself and saying, no, God made a mistake. There aren't just two genders. There's 29. You're, You're taking crime and you're saying it's okay to commit crime. You're taking marriage and you're saying, hey, you know what? If it doesn't work out, just, you know, get divorced. I mean, we're, we're taking all these things that God created and we're ignoring them much like... We st- divorce is still a sensitive topic. It's always a sensitive because topic. Because there's more than one person involved. I know, and the Bible addresses it. Mm-hmm. We, know what, we know what the Bible says about it. But what I'm saying is God took... Um, it clearly says he took a man and woman to be together. Oh, yeah. And stay together. We're not... It's not about judgment. What I'm saying, again, look, clearly, let's put it on myself. My body. Let's put it on ourselves, our business, our marriage. We're all going to be tested. Okay? The Lord's people that we brought this misery on ourselves because we go into what one of my favorite subjects is we go into cruise control. Yeah. We go into the autopilot button and we stop taking care of it. And and we talk well, about Well, that's why clarity is so important. Yeah. Yeah. When you're on autopilot, it's it's you got real comfortable. And and then we go back to it. There's always hope. The, in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which was my book, is basically centered on. He says, "You know, you will prosper. You will. I, the Lord wants to do good things to you. He wants to give you hope, and He wants to prosper you. But you know, you don't just hop out of that. You don't just say, whoops, sorry.' And He says, "Okay, do over.' We do that with our kids, right? Yeah. The other day, we had to teach our kids a really tough lesson. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Ella's a great girl. She's ten years old. She's a great girl. But we're on our way to Chick fil A." And she was begging me for it. And she did something that was, I had to teach her a lesson. It was something that could, it didn't just upset me, but it was something that could really, you know, cause harm later on if she didn't learn the lesson. Yeah. And here's the hard part. Angelique and I, Angelique didn't know what I was doing. So what we see is what God sometimes has to teach us a lesson. So if I just said, Ella, don't do that. And then I still rewarded her with what she was asking for the Chick-fil-A, would she have learned that lesson? No, no, and it was so painful for me. I'm not. Uh, listen to me. I, we we pulled in the line, and I said, "Ella, that's it. You're not getting it." Yeah. It wasn't why I wouldn't feed her. Here's no. the thing: relate this. Yeah. Relate this to God. It wasn't that I wasn't going to feed my child, wasn't going to protect my child and nourish her. Right. It was that I was not going to give her the cookie in the in the chick Chick fil A nuggets <clears throat> and the and the fries yeah. that she wanted. Yeah. And she started crying, and Angelic looked at me. You know, and I knew in my heart, I couldn't explain it. Parents, you ever have one of those situations where you're looking at your spouse and you're trying to do something, but you can't explain it because the kids are there and you just want to be like, hold on, mom, stay with me here. There's a purpose behind this. And it, it was painful. And it was painful. <laughs> Even for Phoenix, who was getting yes. the Chick-fil-A, Phoenix started crying. 
Yes. Because she felt so bad for her sister. And she's like, Ella, you can have some of mine. And then, of course, you were like, no, she can't. (laughs) Like, Like we've, I mean, it's just amazing to watch how their hearts, you know, respond to a situation. And it it shows like. Your heavenly father and your earthly father. We, we, We should model ourselves off of our heavenly father. So, again, while I would not let my child starve, while God will not let you starve, um, if I don't send her a clear message, what is right and wrong, so that later on she doesn't do that again, and it and it end up hurting her worse, end up hurting her worse. So it it pained me, it pained me, and I and I so much I wanted to give it and just say, okay, you can have it, but I didn't. And what we see in in Jeremiah is is God is like seventy years. You're you're gonna be prospered, but you're going to have to live through the misery of your choices. In my body right now, I would love to take a pill. We all want to take a pill where it goes right back to the reset button. Hey, there's there's those abs again. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's that energy again. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work that way because I have to realize that this is the fruit of my labor, and the fruit of my labor was not good. The fruit of Ella's action was not good and if i didn't send her a message that was a little bit painful now it, again i have to be careful here because john c maxwell and all all of the our our famous uh leaders or biblical teachers that we know not famous but the ones that have really made an impact on us they say god is a god of love he does not yeah. inflict pain there's no darkness in him at all the other day we had a really hard time on the way to church unpacking the story of uh sapphira and ananias, ananias yeah. who had given half of their belongings to the church of acts yep and and they died and we called one of our spiritual fathers and we said it's really hard to explain this to our kids because it's new testament and how did how did God cause these two people to die? And he very clearly explained what, Ange? Yeah, we don't have the, unless you want to open up to it. But um, so this is really interesting, you guys. It's go, going back to what we were saying a few minutes earlier. Um, Ananias and Sapphiria. Sef- uh, yeah, it's I mean, we're, we're not really anyway, great at pronouncing Some of these names, yeah. These names. Um, but anyway, they, they gave away half. And when they were asked by the disciples is this everything they're like yeah that's it and ananias literally dropped dead like right there (laughs) and then they went to um his His wife wife. who was in the tent and they asked the same thing and she dropped dead and you're going okay (laughs) i mean they they loved the lord they were there they gave half of their you know their earnings from everything that they had sold and and then this is where our question was we're like god struck them dead like well, it was really 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 hard to accept here's but, the thing though here's the thing when we looked at it and and <clears throat> some some pastors might have a different interpretation of this but it's very important because when you tell people that god is a god of pure love and he doesn't inflict pain and you go back and he says go back and read it and it says when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Yes, it does yeah. not say God struck That's exactly him with a right. bolt of lightning. So it says, um, uh, this is Peter, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Because the church was so pure. Yeah, that's another part that, was, that the we church have to emphasize. was so pure. This is not like, you know. This is not now. Not now, where it is 
well, that's another subject, um, and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to just human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Okay, so here's what happened. He, the, You see where it says, um, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart? What He had a heart attack. He dropped dead because he was so overwhelmed and overcome with the reverent fear of the Lord and what he had done to such a pure church that he dropped dead because it was not against man. It was against God. And so you have to look at that and ask yourself, how often does that might even happen today? And we always like, why did God not let that happen? And you're like, we don't know all the background story here. Like we don't know what was impure or going on in that. Like, so that's where the spiritual supernatural side does come in. And we have to be radically responsible for that by being radically responsible for that. And, you know, we're not asking anyone to be as pure as the church of acts because man, that's a tough act to follow. No pun intended. Um, but at the same time, we've got to realize like, what are we, who's leading us? Yeah. Who's leading us and what are we withholding and, and, and what why? Are we allowing, when we talk about what are we allowing into our bodies, what are we allowing into our heads and our spirits? You what know, are we withholding? The other day I had a uh, text conversation with a friend of mine on, um, we were talking about all the bad things that are going on right now and the bad people. When we talk about you know the pedophiles, when we talk about the government stealing from people or all these bad things, and he was like, you know, we should just take them and hang them. And I was like, Ouch. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and he said he was a new Christian. And look, I, I want to. I don't want to alienate him. I said, "Look, we all have feelings like that. I mean, there's feelings of anger. You know, I get feelings of anger because we're bringing three children up into a world where we don't want to leave them with this world that there's there's no hope." So I said, "Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm human. I have feelings of retribution too." And but then I said, "Well, how can I give him some advice from a, from a from a more." mature standpoint in terms yeah. of someone who's trying to walk better with the Lord but not fully there yet in terms of knowing everything. And I said, well, maybe what the best thing to do is is not retribution, but what we can do is the best thing to do is expose them. Expose these people. And, and sometimes, you know, what happened? And I said, what happened when Judas was exposed? Babe? Sorry, one of our children just woke up. <laughs> what, what, what happened when Judas was exposed? What did he do? He... he he hung himself. Oh yeah. Not not that we want people to I didn't hang know where you're going with it. I was like, what, what talking, part? Because <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about good and evil and we're talking about God being just good. And we're talking about sometimes when bad things happen and mm-hmm. and and the same way it doesn't say that <clears throat> it doesn't say that God struck down Judas. No, he it doesn't say that God he struck took down his, yeah, he, Ananias, yeah. right? And yeah. so what we see is the macro view, these bad things. But Again, let's bring it back home and, and talk about leading our families. Let's talk about leading our businesses, whether you have employees, whether you're building a team, whether you're uh, a solopreneur or an entrepreneur. What John C. Maxwell then comes back to say, which I think is important, is God is full of mercy and compassion. He's, he's more powerful than the Babylonians. He's more powerful than whatever bad force that we see acting in our culture or society today. And in the midst of the carnage, in the midst of the destruction, 
there is always hope knowing that God still reigns. We hear that. But we have to then fill our minds, fill our hearts, fill our homes, fill our businesses with the Holy Spirit. We have to allow that in. The same way we, we'd allow it not to come in, we have to open the door. How many times, Andrew, do we say, Holy Spirit, we're opening the door to our business today before we get on this call to, to invite you in. Holy Spirit, we're opening the door to our home. We invite you into our home. Literally, we say that out loud. So when we talk about how we can raise our children, how we can raise our teams, how we could raise our bodies back from a, a place of spiritual death or physic, close to being physically dead for some people, right? When you're really, really sick, mm-hmm. we have to call on, we have to call on the name of the Lord. And so this gets us back into rewards. This is another part. What can we, what will we be rewarded for? Because we always want to say, what will we be rewarded for if we do good? Now, don't get that mixed up, right, Ange? Because when we say rewards, what do people mostly think of? <sighs> Financial rewards? Well, I mean, look, I think, look. <laughs> you, it sounds like you're about to <sighs> go off here. Because, <laughs> because, you know, I don't, maybe it's just how I was right. I'm an only child. You know, I, I never needed, um, I never needed validation or, you know, not, I shouldn't say never. I'm sure I towed the line at some point in my life, but, but it feels like another lifetime, even though I don't believe in that. My, um, but I don't need, I don't need flowers are nice, but I don't need flowers, you know, gifts are nice, but I don't need gifts. And I know that everyone has their love language and all of that. But for me, like my reward, my riches come from like watching God at work in my home, watching God at work in my business, watching God at work in other people that we get to partner with. Like that is where I get my reward. And I guess I expect that everyone else sees things that way. Unfortunately, we are in a a world we where we have to attain things. Um, and when I say things, I mean actual things that make us feel seen. And I know here's, here's what it comes down to. Everyone, everyone wants to be seen and wants to be heard. It is why we have dedicated our entire business focus to helping you be seen and heard and cut through the noise, especially in the marketplace, because there's a lot of it out there. And we don't do it because of vanity. We do it because we believe our our kingdom business leaders, our kingdom people, our kingdom families need to be seen and heard because for such a time as this, have you been created? So believe me, I am all about you being seen and being heard. I'm just not going to do it. uh, I'm not going to reward it with a Starbucks card. Like your rewards and your richness comes from what God is doing in your life. And that is how I see things. And yes, financial favor and abundance can flow from that. And it should because God's economy works that way. Debt is never seen as a good thing in the Bible. So if you are experiencing that in your life, this is where you get to take re-radical responsibility and ask yourself where you can consistently sow into things, not from a macro standpoint, but from a master standpoint. So what's higher than macro? Master. We go straight to the Lord and we ask him, where does he fit? Where where does he want to fit? Where does he want to forget that? Forget where does he fit? Because that's when we try to put him in there. He fits in all of it. He fits in all of it. So if we are not looking for clarity from him, that's where we messed up. We missed the first step. And then we're expecting someone else to reward us. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I know you want to be seen and heard. And I know it's so important as a leader 
as a leader, you, myself, David, anyone else that's listening, it is so important to reward your people. But with what? With what? What are we setting up as expectations? And that's where things get really tricky because you want for people to be seen, heard, and rewarded, but their rewards are not in something fleeting like a dying flower bush. Right, temporary rewards. And and what what we look at here, again, you take a book that is sometimes hard for people to understand. And again, this is why I, I like John C. Maxwell because he says, he talked about in the, in, um, when he talked about the runner in Jonah, you know, when Jonah was running from God's assignment, he says, every once in a while you have to do a motive check. And he yeah. gave Jonah a motive check. And, and when we talk about rewards, that's something I remember. And I can go back to the Bible and get those valuable lessons. But, when I look at my mind, I said, I need a motive check. Am I, ch- am I chasing after the wrong rewards? Am I chasing after something that is the wrong motive? And then he also says, in addition to a motive check, is you have to have a North Star. And the North Star is God. You know, he says the most successful people he's seen in business are people who had a clear North Star. Now, he says that in secular language, but that North Star is, make no mistake about it, that is the godly intentions that should be your north star that's that's where you see it and you follow it when we look at even going back to the bible and relating this to the magi they followed that star to get them to the promised land which was jesus they they yeah. looked at it so in the past if we relate this to something that's again the micro thing in the past i've taken care of my body and really done the things that i needed to do but my motive was vanity yeah totally Man, if I if I can get this other ab here and I'm going to get some pictures taken and I can post that picture, how many people will love that picture and therefore I'll feel love? Do you, do you know who did this perfectly in the Bible? You're going to tell me. Solomon in Ecclesiastes. I mean, he basically said everything is meaningless. <laughs> You're just like, okay, everything is meaningless because that's what he's like. He says vapors of vapors and futility of futilities says the preacher vapor of vapors and futility of futilities. All is vanity, emptiness, falsity. Like what profit does a man have left from all his toil at which he toils under the sun is life even worth living. So he was like, he had every, he was the richest of the richest of the rich. Like forget Jeff Bezos. He is like, Oh gosh! I Jeff did the Bezos numbers. is living under a tent. Right I ran now the numbers. I ran the numbers on it. You guys can Google it if you. King Solomon's fortune would it be worth today? I mean, it's not. It's like Bezos and you know and um, what's our the Bezos? Tesla guy? Oh, uh, Musk. Bezos and Musk put together. It's not even it's close. Not, not even close. So if we not come ba- if we come back to that micro, okay. So my body now, um, I'm chasing the reward. My motive is totally different. Yeah. It's, it's for energy. It's to play with my kids. It's so I'll be around for that. Longevity. Longevity. If we look Digestion. at some of the, my mode, <laughs> if I do a motive check on my desire to be successful, again, it comes back to the fruit of my labor, which is my children, so I can provide for them. So they'll have a nice house and they'll have options when they get older. When we were young in our journey, in our spiritual walk and in our business walk, my motive was to have an Escalade on 24s. <laughs> my motive was to have we had a coming red, from a family we had a that's white convertible a white convertible with red interior that car was sweet though it was sweet but i don't even miss it i mean but here's the thing i don't miss it. it it again what was it for so i can ride down the street and get honks and thumbs Here, up from people here's the thing i thought about that because guys we're getting a minivan in a few days and um 
I, I mean, I, Motive sw- check right I there. swore and I swore I would never drive a minivan. And I don't know why that is. Like, why do we feel that way? Well, I don't know. It's because it's, it's not anything for me. It's not a status symbol. It's just like, I don't like the way they look, you know? Um, but who thinks about that once you're driving around? So now in this stage of our life where we have three children, which changes everything, by the way, you start to ask yourself, if I was sure to getting an Escalade on 24s right now, who's it for? Certainly not for Noah. Because it has no no advantage to her whatsoever. But man, my my Odyssey is going to have a shop vac in it, and that is going to change my life and her life. So I can actually clean up with the crumbs during the you know our road trips with a vacuum that's built into the car. But the point of the matter is, David, is what you're saying is it's so futile. It's so so futile, and. Uh, we end up putting ourselves in positions where we're looking for some reward that's so fleeting and meaningless. Yet if we actually consider, what does the Bible say? You shall know them by their fruits. Fruits. And that's my favorite. That's if you it's can always. The, the fruit is not the Escalade, you guys. You it's can not. always use that. If there's one thing, when I wrote my book, The Pursuit, and I keep going back and I keep thinking to myself, gosh, if there's one thing I can get is that you will know them by their fruits. It goes back to what are you opening your ears to? Yep. And then what is what are we seeing? Use your common sense. Mm-hmm. What are the fruits right now of this government? What are the fruits right now of this current culture? Yeah. I mean, if we're all looking for we're all looking for answers and we're all pointing fingers, but look at them by their fruit. And then ask yourself. What are they doing that goes against God's word? A lot. Yeah. And here's the thing. They want to just come out and say one thing as if they can say it, and that makes it true. Hey, you know what? We're not in a recession. Everything's great. <laughs> oh, okay, perfect. As long as you said it, then that must make it true. Ugh. No, because I will know you by your fruit. I know when I go to the grocery yeah. store how much the meat is. Not I know by how much words. the eggs are. Not by I your I know words. how much insurance has <laughs> gone up. So what can we do? Let's talk about rewards here in the last 10 minutes. Let's go back to what John C. Maxwell calls the principle of rewards. If you have a John C. Maxwell Bible, this is on page 945 in well, the Book of Lamentations. Every all His newer editions are different okay. page numbers, probably. Yeah. Um, Sorry. It, <laughs> Don't know what page it's on, but it's in this it's Lamentations chapter 4. And I'll just read this <laughs> short part. He says, You might call it the principle of rewards. What gets rewarded gets done. I told you about that lesson I had to teach my child. I, did, I took away a reward to teach her a lesson, but sometimes we do the opposite. Hey, you know what? If you guys clean your room, if you do this chore, you will get a reward. We'll take you for yogurt, or you get an allowance. When we get older, those rewards change. So what gets rewarded gets done. Put a little highlighter over that. It's, it's such a simple phrase. The question is, what's the reward? For your body. David, when you skip that pizza crust, guess what? Rewarded. Yeah. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to get a better body. Uh, Good leaders, are you a good leader out there? You want to be a good leader. Good leaders recognize how to attach both rewards and consequences to a team member's performance. Yesterday we were doing a team call, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of lovey-dovey stuff on there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, hey, we can do this together. And then at the end, I got on there and I said, you know, I think you guys need to be challenged. I think you're all craving a challenge. I want to see you guys show up. I don't want to see you just show up and take up space, but I want to see you show up and contribute. And I'll tell you what, afterward, when we were going to bed, what did I say? Was I too harsh? I felt it's and you very weren't. hard. I, I, don't, I don't think you were at all. I think that people do crave that. I think that, you know, there's an, enough 
platitudes and motivation out there. This is not for lack of motivation anymore. This is lack of being challenged. Again, that's why we're not going to a prosperity gospel church where they just say, hey, sit back and you'll be rewarded. Because that's right. Jeremiah 29.11 without the precursor to Jeremiah 29.11 which says, hey, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to pay attention. You just don't get rewards. So sometimes you have to warn your teammates of the consequences, okay? And it says any system of rewards should any system of rewards should prioritize the most important conduct and then reward it publicly. Let's go back to the macro view. Any system of rewards should prioritize the most important conduct and then reward it publicly. We've seen a reverse of that. We've seen the inversion of that. We've seen the government telling people, it's okay if you don't work. It's okay if you stay home. We will reward you publicly. It's okay if you cannot pay for your loan. I will come on TV and reward you publicly. And that's exactly the opposite of how a good system works. So let's look at a good system. How would you reward something publicly? Well, we do it all the time. If someone does something, whether it's it's whether they hit a new rank, whether they hit a, a you know, my friend the other day, we're on a we're on a thread, a couple guys on a thread, and my friend is not in our business. He's in the corporate world, but he got a promotion, and our other buddy wrote us, you know, separately aside from the th- the thread that we're all on. He said, hey, you know. He said, uh, Jared just got a promotion, and he's really proud. He goes, it'd be really nice for you guys to you know, acknowledge him. And so we both acknowledged him privately. So sometimes we want to know that our work will be rewarded by our peers. Sometimes it's that simple. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as calling up your buddy or sending him a message saying, hey, I heard you were rewarded by the fruit of your labor, and that's good. And I, that's exactly what I said. I said, Jared, you're a good man. You're a hardworking man. I've seen it in public. I've seen it in our friendship, and I'm glad you're rewarded in your company for it. You, it's well-deserved. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like, I feel like the just because rewards go further than, than even the timely ones. Well, what, what we've seen in our business, what we've seen in, in our kids is it's hard because big things take time. Big accomplishments take time. They take effort. And so people, again, we're in a short attention span world. In our introduction to this podcast, you said we live in a world of instant gratification. So it seems like every day we need to, hey, I'm going to reward you today. Good job. I'm going to reward you this week. Good job. This month. Good job. And yeah, that's important. But the big, really significant accomplishments take time. When we look at, I was watching a thing when we were homeschooling our kids on uh, history. And I watched how the founders in 1776, you know, won a war as underdogs. And you're looking at names like Jefferson and Link, uh, Jefferson and and Washington, and you're looking at Thomas. Jeez, uh, oh, my mind! I told you it's really Jefferson, Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Franklin, okay. and these things took time. You know, we didn't just gain our independence <laughs> in a day. And then I, we went to the pyramids and the Egyptians, and you look at this 4,000 year old pyramid still standing. And you realize that the reward for this beautiful piece took over 7 million men. It took them like 10 years working day in and day out in unison. So the big accomplishments that stand the test of time, they, don't, they can't be rewarded every day. So we kind of need to reward ourselves. And John Maxwell, and this is where it relates directly to you on a micro level with your teams, he says, how do we communicate rewards to our people? To what do we pay attention? So ask yourself right now, in your business, if you're a leader, 
what are you paying attention to with your teammates or your employees? When team members don't produce the results that we desire, usually just a few reasons explain why, and these are important. So you're looking at your team right now and go, mm, they're just not working. They're, they're not achieving the goals I set for them. What are the reasons we ask ourselves? Angelique and I do this all the time. What are we doing wrong? What is the team doing wrong? What's going on that we could fix? John C. Maxwell says this. Maybe they're just not sure what to do. They don't know. Maybe it hasn't been explained clearly. You thought you articulated the vision, but maybe you haven't. Maybe you can do that again. That's one. Number two, they don't know what to do first. Oh, this is the big one. Yeah. People don't know how to get started, so then they stay at the starting line. What do I do? Well, you move. How do I do that? That's the next thing. Number three, they don't know how to do it. Get started. Go out there and do it. We've seen this with a lazy leader. Get started. Just go out there and do it. Well, yeah. you didn't tell me what to do go out, first. Go out and, and work harder. And then I don't yeah. know how to do that thing. Wait, you know, let's go for four and five, <clears throat> and then you can comment. Okay. Number four is the reward system does not align with the group goals. Mm. So the individual, are we, are we team? We always talk about team. There's no I in team. You've heard that a thousand times. But are you emulating that every day as a leader? Or are you saying, look at me, look at me. Come on, team. Come on, team. Do the work. It's like you're whipping your team, and then you're reaping the rewards saying, look at what I've achieved. This happens all the time in our industry. Is the, the leader of the team gets rewarded when all the people who have done the legwork out there are going, well, where's my goal? Where's my reward? Okay, we have to think about that. And number five is the leader presents unnecessary obstacles. We do that all the time. We take our eye off the prize. We lose our motive check. We lose our ability to see where that North Star is. And we put in unnecessary obstacles. It's the little infighting. It's, the, it's allowing people to bring whatever they're feeling in their pity party into the greater group and then it sets the group back and that's where you have it incohesive we see that happening right now in the united states government in dc there are so many unnecessary obstacles instead of using just common sense and saying this is what needs to be done i did a poll yesterday on my facebook page saying how would you grade the government on a scale of one to ten in terms of their ability to balance the budget and and manage the money that they have and there wasn't one person that gave a one it was either zero or negative ten so we see a government that is failing. We see a government that is not responsible. And you wonder where the leaders are. Well, it's a mess there. And we all want to blame and, and complain instead of going out and doing something about it. Well, and that's why we have to do our, you know, our best job in leading ourselves, leading our homes, and leading our domain in the marketplace. So when I hear you know, <clears throat> about these rewards and you say like they don't know what to do, not sure what to do. They don't know what to do first. They don't know how to do it. All of that is really important. <clears throat> one of my, one of my spiritual gifts is, is creative. And <clears throat> when you hear the word creative, you think someone that can, you know, draw really well. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, a, a, a creative is someone that is innovative and a disruptor. Um, so for me, when I see, uh, especially as we lead our team, because our you know one of our main businesses is in uh, social retail, which is a another form of like a direct sale. So you lead leaders, you lead other people that are you know have a common goal to produce revenue. But the uniqueness of it is is they 
don't have a defined role like you would in a you know, a company where they have to go press the button and do these things each and every day. Like there are those things, but at the same time, I'm always challenging myself and others to look at things differently. Here's our goal, but how can I do this in the the strengths and the gifts that God has given me? How can I do this in a way um, that is fruitful to the domain that I've been assigned by God? So from my innovator brain, I like to blow that thing apart because if we just keep calling it we'll just go stick to the basics and then people go push the button harder it's like well why is it not working it's not working because we haven't gone back to a master that has given us unique skills and gifts to then go to the macro and then micro nano side of it and start to build out what that business should look like again be seen and be heard how because if that's if, you're, if the end goal in your business is to produce revenue in a noisy marketplace, then you need to be seen and be heard. Well, how do I do that effectively? Well, that's where where I like to come in because I want to help people see things from a completely different perspective and a new angle. If we just keep doing it in such a rigid curriculum, we lose our creativity. We lose the thing that has made us and separated us from all other creation. What did God make us in image of? himself and he is the ultimate creator so if we are not doing things from a creative standpoint we are basically putting ourselves on an equal playing field of a bird okay you're not a bird you're not a tree there's so much more purpose to what you do and you get to choose that based off of what he has given you that needs to be unleashed inside of you. That is why we are doing this charismatic marketer uh, workshop and it is unleashing things in people so they can let it rip. That's our slogan. Let it rip. Empty your quiver. Do not leave anything on the table. Give everything, leave nothing. I've been saying that for as long as I can remember. This is what will separate you. This is where you're going to be rewarded. And this is where people will see you and hear you for a greater cause, not just so you can produce revenue, which will be the fruit of your labor or produce fruit in your family for the fruit of your labor, but because you're doing it for the one who created you. And he gets to show off in all his glory by how much you trust him in working within your strength and your gift so that he will reward you. And and this is where we are sometimes as a society. We see it in sports. You know, I was a sports writer for most of my life. And and we see people being rewarded with these huge huge contracts before they've won ever anything. You know, uh, sorry Dallas fans here in Dallas. They rewarded their quarterback with a $40 million contract before he had really done anything based on potential. And he comes out in week one and lays an egg. You know, I mean, he might be a good quarterback, but we got to be careful rewarding people in D.C. Again, are are we rewarding people in D.C. for nepotism, for, you know, taking their their sons and daughters and giving them money? We're and we're reelecting these people or we're electing them in the first place. We complain about it. But, you know, if if your city is not producing any fruit, Chicago, L.A., New York, if your city's not producing fruit, why are you rewarding the same people and keeping them in power? You can't do it. You can't expect to do the same thing, right? What's the definition of insanity? Doing, Doing the, the same, same thing, thing over and over again is different, different result. results, yeah. okay? On a micro level, on our teams, are you rewarding your teammates or your employees for cutting corners? Are you rewarding them for that? Are you rewarding them simply for showing up 
or you're rewarding them for doing the things that sometimes take a little bit longer to see the fruit. We know that the fruit has to be the end goal. What are you producing? It's not good enough to just show up. You have to show up and produce. Are you not rewarding them for hitting the little things and being consistent? Sometimes we don't reward consistency. That's why as a sports writer or as a sports fan, you love to see the person who's been there and put up consistent numbers finally get that big paycheck mm. because they did it for a long time over and over again. You're like, why is it, when's this guy's payday? And, and we, we reward people based on potential. That's and, why I love underdogs. Not lazy underdogs. Underdogs still go to the championships. They're still an underdog. Right, it's like the Patriots playing. Give me a team. Right, right. The Dolphins. It's, right. Okay, so they're the underdog. It doesn't mean that they didn't make it to the championships. So I love you, underdog. I love the one that is kind of like underrated right now, but there's so much inside of you that no one has yet to see, and that's what I'm like. That's what yeah gets me turned on. You know what I mean? Like I love love to see people that are underdogs finally pierce through all of the favoritism, pierce through all of the worldly noise, pierce through all of the worldly reward, and pierce pierce through the constant like popularity contest out there. Like this is something completely different than what you're used to seeing, and that is what a tr- like where God really, really, really can show himself off. Yeah. And he it, always chose the look, underdog. There's there's not a person alive right now that would I think would publicly admit that they think participation trophies are a good thing. Garbage. I mean, but that's where we are. Hey, don't worry. Uh, it doesn't really matter if you won. You're going to get a you're going to get an award anyway. What's that teaching people? Absolutely you know? nothing. And and that's why ultimately it comes Just down to show up. People people do want to be challenged. Uh, they want to be seen and heard. They want to know that they're making a contribution. They want to be acknowledged for that, and they want to be challenged. And we are equipping people in business to do just that. We are equipping people to use their gifts and to do just that. So if we're going to wrap this up, you know, we told you at the beginning, there's a lot of things that go into this particular podcast. What are we going to call it? If you had to look back now, Angelique, after we've broken it down, do you think there is an overwhelming uh, kind of what we can underline or what we could stamp on this. Are you asking me or do you already have an answer? No, I'm asking you right now. I don't know other than to let it rip, let it rip, rip, you guys. That's exactly what we're about here. And it all comes down to who's leading you. Well, then let me end with this because in the very last paragraph of lamentations, (laughs) um, it says you Lord reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. Why do you always forget us? Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days of old. Wow. Okay. How many of us are saying that right now? Why are you for? This is a such a common theme. We see it with Habakkuk. We see it with so many other prophets in the Bible. Is that again? We start off this podcast every week with. Sometimes we are addicted to instant gratification. And whether it be Habakkuk or whether it be Jeremiah, they're always asking things like, why do you forget us? Why have you forsaken us? But then the Lord is good. And I think this part is important. Restore us to yourself so we may return and renew our old days. How many people right now are saying, well, I, just, I would just love to go back to... Uh, 
I would just love to go back to 2019. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fantastic when we had it really good? Mm. Or I would just love to go back to the 80s where you know, it, it, we had great movies and it was great fun. And, you know, there's always been problems. We're not naive. Every generation has its issues. The world is always going to be in some type of turmoil. But when we keep our North Star focused on God and when we keep asking ourselves, what are we allowing into our bodies? What are we allowing into our homes? What are we allowing into our heads, into our spirit? Then the answer is pretty clear. We do have to keep our end of the bargain up. We cannot just poison our bodies, poison our homes, poison our eyes and our ears and expect God to reward that because he, the heavenly father, is much like a good earthly father. We have to be able to give rewards when they are justified and we have to be able to uh, also tell the consequences when 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 we don't follow the plan. And so whether you're leading your home, leading your business, or God bless those who are leading the world, we need them to step up. And I think we all do our part on a micro level. Again, in my book, I say, we don't, we don't fix the world, we fix ourselves. And if we each fix ourselves, then the world gets fixed in the process. Ladies and gentlemen, Thank you for joining us today. This is the Turned On Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Please share this with your friends and help us grow because we are dedicated to you. Everything that we do is for the kingdom, and so we can help you become that person that you desire to be and keep your eye on the North Star, which is God. Yes. Yeah, so in one of our rewards, our only reward really from this podcast is when you subs- are, are a subscriber and you... <clears throat> write a review because that's where iTunes actually favors an algorithm and shows more people how to get turned on. So we would love, love, love if you guys went to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcast and write a review for us. Thank you so much. We love you. Stay turned on.